You're listening to Three, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Three, a podcast where three filmmakers get together to discuss movies. Join us as we dive in to figure out how these movies work and what they can teach us about the art of filmmaking. Whether you are a filmmaker yourself or you just love to nerd out on the art of cinema, we invite you to take this journey with us. This is a film discussion by filmmakers. Today on the podcast, we're discussing Cold War, a 2018 movie by Powell Palakowski. Just a friendly reminder, if you haven't seen the film, we're going to spoil the whole thing, so I recommend going and watching the movie before continuing on. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Today we're going to be discussing a movie as well as having Lind 85% chocolate. Here's my first bite. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't hold out anymore. I'm, I'm both interested and disgusted at the same time. Because yeah, it appeals William to your darkest William left the room for a minute. He didn't like that. I'm sorry, Will. William, you didn't like that at all. Tell us about your fear about ASMR. Yeah, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. That's about it. Don't like it. That's not bad. I think it's intriguing up to the point where you start to make mouth noises. It's like... Would you guys say that ASMR is sin? It was the original sin. The original sin sounded like this. (laughs) (laughs) This album is unbelievable. <laughs> Natural sound Adam, was so perfect back then. Adam, in the garden, Adam, it was so Edenistic. Adam, it was Edenistic. It is amazing. I love this apple. Caleb, you are actually really good at this. It's just my you microphone. Have a secret channel crank it up. This. Right. No, my yeah. secret fetish is uh, chiropractor videos. You ever get into that on YouTube? What? Yes, dude. I yeah, I'm addicted. There's a there's a chiropractor uh, like I follow on Instagram only because he has like. Uh, adjustment like um compilations yeah the ring dinger that guy gregory not gregory johnson kyle naylor kyle kyle something is he the guy with that that he has his own device for pulling the neck or no but he's got these like comps where it's like (laughs) it sounds like taco shells crunching you know dude you have to get onto the youtube train of how much of a thing this is with you they have huge followings with cock crack they have like ASMR really? cracking, and they have these massive followings. Chiropractors, I've been, you need to, I've been in like, a, I've been like an evangelist me. for these videos for so long. If you're in a group setting and you just throw on these super visceral chiropractor montages, it's bound to wreck yeah. the mood, no matter Tell who me. you're with. Or like, send me a link. I need to see this. I'll send you a link, brother. Okay, so we're rolling. We're here. We're all hanging out. All us guys. We're having a great time. Have you guys? learned anything since we spoke last that you want to share with the group i haven't learned a dang thing seven days is a long time to go without learning anything all right okay so should we just get into this i guess so i guess just we got nothing all right guys let's get this thing rolling i got stuff to do we got people to see kind of see hang out with you guys all day Caleb. oh i actually don't have much to do okay guys today on the podcast it was my choice to choose the movie cold war a 2018 flick by Powell Palakowski. That was not bad. Here's the synopsis, which is not as long as the ones you normally read, Jason. Set against the backdrop of the 1950s Cold War in Poland, two people of differing backgrounds and temperaments begin an almost impossible romance. 
we'll start the podcast with uh, our classic first impression mixed with uh, numbers going into the podcast as you've come accustomed to. I picked this movie because I saw it on a couple people's letterbox lists that I admire. There were a couple of cinematographers that both spoke highly of it. And then when I saw the, the frames from it on a couple people's Instagram, I was like, well, it looks very beautiful, but I know nothing about this movie. And then I liked that it was a period piece. I don't normally enjoy period pieces very much. So I was up to maybe falling in love with a period piece. Interesting. What did you guys think? Jason, how about you go first? What was your uh, impression of this movie and your rating going in? Man, I, I don't even know where I stand. I think... I thought it was really great. It felt like I went to um, like a gallery for black and white photography. It's kind of what it felt like. Um, I think that I probably had very slightly higher stars at the beginning than I did at the end. And I think that we'll get into that during the podcast. But at the beginning, I loved the exposition, how they kind of went from person to person, getting folk songs from around the country. Like... I really liked it. I felt like I was kind of exploring something. And also, I'm not sure if you guys uh, realized it, but the songs that they were singing were pretty much laying out the story that was going to be happening, you know, throughout. Yeah. And I, I thought that right away. I was like, I wonder if these lyrics have anything to do. Because this is, uh, is it listed as a musical? Because technically it's a musical. You know? If so, it's my favorite musical of all time. I don't normally like musicals, but I know it was so natural. It was so integrated. So I, I have great things to say about this movie. I think that there were some problems um, with it and they might just be, I think maybe story problems or annoyances, pet peeves of my own. But overall, I think that I would give this movie a, I started with a four and a half out of five. That's where you're keeping it? You're a four and a half? I started with a four and a half out of five. So you're starting the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Because so, you said before that you started the movie, you liked it, and then by the end. So are you entering this, know, the, are you entering discussion, this discussion with a four and a half? I'm entering the discussion with a four and a half stars out of five stars. Lock it in, Eddie. All right. We'll lock that in. Ting. We're going <laughs> to move over to can William. We get like a, can we get a ting, uh, like a, um, a sound effect? No, but I can I can give you some more ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> William, talk to me. What did you think of this movie? Uh, whew. well, first impressions were actually really positive. The movie just had me from the scene where Victor and Zula are kind of doing piano scale exercises together. Yeah, that scene I, was the moment I was like, I love this movie. It had me for the whole ride. I think I'm similar to Jason where at the end and all today I've been struggling with it kind of just trying to figure out what is what it's trying to say and, and I think that could change my rating just I'd like to flesh all that out with you guys but for now my first impressions are good so I'm gonna say I'm at a four out of five stars so great I love love loved this movie so much that it's literally been two days of me just sitting on it and I have random outbursts. I was driving with my wife today and had an outburst just saying like how much I loved it. It's like, wow, I loved that movie. I loved the way it was shot. I loved that it was a period piece that actually felt like it was from that time. It oh, just, yeah. everything they did, they did mm -hmm. it so right. I loved the music in it so much. Like the, mm -hmm. their use of music and their use of the same song that, oi, oi, oi. And as I 
yeah, sat yeah. with it. I realized that that was the, the first song that one Wait, of the girls in the village. I don't recognize that song. Well, could you, you will. Uh, could, oi, you, oi, oi. could you do a little bit more for us? Oh, ASMR style? A few more bars. ASMR? <laughs> <laughs> but I think a movie like this, when, when I watch a movie like this that's modern, it just, oh, it both on a personal level made me want to love my wife better. And it made me want to make a movie so bad. And it made me remember why I want to be a cinematographer. I loved the visuals so much in it. I'm not giving it a full five because I just get nervous giving a full five, but I'm sitting at a, a four and a half as well. Wow. We are. Whoa. This is like, this is rare. Out the this gate, is rare. We are so we all, all agree. Yeah. Let's just quit the podcast now because, you know, this is going to be boring if no, we're this fighting is good. about something. That means this movie did something. It did. Okay. I would like to start with, did you guys find the plot confusing in any way? What was the plot in your guys' mind? Did it make sense? It wasn't confusing to me, but I thrive off the style of plot where exposition is not necessary almost. Like, there's no title screen, black, like, words coming up in the beginning being like, Cold War, this year, this date. It was just where they were the year, that's all you needed to know. And then they just, you're in the world and you're along for the ride. It, it worked really well for me. I wish that this movie was longer although it's probably like really well timed because it, that's what a movie's supposed to do is kind of leave you wanting more but at the beginning they were just kind of skipping through and at first i was a little bit frustrated i'm like like all of a sudden they're getting music and then all of a sudden they've created like a show and then all of a sudden um they're in a relationship and i'm just like whoa chill out for a second you know like mm-hmm. give us a little romance you know but i I think that in hindsight, I really appreciated that we could kind of keep up with the storyline. I, I was not mad at it. I was more like, I'm just not used to the story moving this quickly. Yeah. And for them just to get that, um, like Zula and Victor were in love and just kind of like fell into passion right from the start. And how. Yeah, it was like a jump was. cut and they were making out. It wasn't like. Yeah. It wasn't much of their first date yeah. or their first interactions. It was just right. they interacted, they did some piano time, and then they were in love. It, it made me realize how much movies will spend so much time building that in romantic relationships, you know? I loved how it was just like cutting into it so fast. And it feels like a story that's being told almost like memories like vignettes did you realize like i mean i feel like the transitions were so bare and raw i felt like when we went from scene to scene it wasn't thought about like how am i going to transition to this next scene it was like this scene ends and the next one happens but i wasn't it not in a negative way i wasn't bothered by it i felt like it was somebody telling me a story kind of like the way that my grandmother tells stories like there are just these like flashes of of scenes I'm sure you noticed the visuals of this. They were playing around with reflections throughout the entire film. So like, you know, probably one of the first reflections was the pianos, like when the guy's playing piano in the very first kind of recital and you pull away and you realize, oh, we are actually just looking at a reflection of his fingers. Here's the actual fingers playing the piano. Then in the ballroom, there's a Dude, big that ballroom scene, them. that big... I, Oh, yeah, the big hall, dude. I well, it wasn't that, a big hall. I think that's a reference. It was a to, small hall with mirrors on both sides. Like yeah. it was, it was brilliant. 
This oh. this movie's the the frames in this movie. I haven't seen so much depth in compositions in one movie like ever. Yeah. I don't think. And no, it, that's something it, it, I kind of a note a huge note I made about it was that it felt like the frames that they just went on forever in the background like constantly, and they were just perfect, and they were just yeah, and oh, they yeah. and they worked for a rigid time in like a rigid. They worked so well for the story of what it was. Even the fact that it was black and white was just unbelievable that they chose to do that. I I don't even I don't I would love to get into I guess we can rave about it for a bit. I would love to get into some of the the problems or the things you guys struggled with. But the one cool note or the interesting note about this movie was it was actually an homage or a, a take on his parents' relationship, which is really something that I thought was pretty interesting. It's not like a direct story of his parents' relationship. Yeah, like like they didn't kill themselves, but they you know, they had a similar like back and forth, like break up and get back together, you know, type pattern, I guess, is what I read. Which online. once I knew that and I knew the story, the killing themselves at the end was informed a lot more for me. But as a viewer, that was a turn that I, when it was happening, I was like outwardly like, what? Sorry, what What are those? I didn't know if like those pills in front of them were, <laughs> we're just skipping to the end. <laughs> I didn't know if those were pills or like if it was a communion thing or what was going on. And then both Danica and I, my wife, were just like, no, what? No. Stop. Heartbreaking. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Just going back to what you were saying, Jason, I feel like we were just getting key moments in their relationship throughout this huge span of time, you know, and against the backdrop of the Cold War, which... I, I think most movies that try to do that, that try to jump around like decades through people's lives, it barely ever works. And this movie, it worked so well. And I think it's because they just, from the get-go, they just did it. Um, I liked that they, the, the passing of time is done through genres of music. And that's always something that I appreciate in movies where it's not like the passing of time is done in, I don't know, they look older and they have fake gray hair. I just liked how it was, the time was changing and the music was evolving as well. That's something that it wasn't my note. I saw that on like an essay breakdown or a review. And uh, I really appreciated that it was, you know, starting with super traditional and it was like jazz. And then it was like, what was that? Oh, yeah. Like Johnny Be Good or whatever that music was in the club when they were there. You can just like, you. it just feels like that was such a weird time in human history, you know, mm-hmm. to go from yeah. to go from like traditional folk songs to being exposed to like rock and roll is so what a slice of time to exist. Like I, we, yeah. we, we've been through a similar thing probably in like technology, like, I don't know. Well, I think, I think we're doing it at such a rapid pace that we're just used to it at this point. Right. But back then that would have been so insane to, because you just never had literally never heard anything like it. Whereas now we're so mm. used to the, like the current trend in pop culture changing every month that it doesn't really affect us on an emotional level really we're just like oh we're just going with the flow and i got the vibe i think i said it earlier that these feel like uh, photographs but it even like plays like a photograph like there's so much information in every frame like it makes me think coverage the coverage or lack or yeah a lack of coverage where they were actually doing like a, a a one frame that was almost like a single frame it just seemed like this person, whether it's a DP or the director or whatever, had some sort of knowledge of like what still photography encompasses and how to tell a story that way because there is just such depth of, of, of every frame. Now, I, I, I have to admit, I am not a fan of movies that go black and white or three, four aspect ratio. Was, mm-hmm. was it? 
Uh, sorry, 4-3. I, I was not a fan of that right off the bat. But then I like just kind of fell into it. Like I, It didn't even bother me after the first minute. Like It was so kind of dense and rich with story around every turn. And it, like... I mean, if you really kind of break it down, the first couple of minutes are a little bit boring. It's just shots of random people singing, but it was, it was intriguing. Like I felt like it was like pulling me in a little bit more, like every single time. I'm like, why am I into this? Because the people looked so (laughs) like ASMR, but the people, okay. I've been really into, I've been into Criterion heavily. I've been watching movies from the time that they're set in. So I've been on this big kick of, yeah, feeling like oh it's really important to make movies set in the current time because eventually if they have any longevity watching them back is so special like watching you know like foreigner blows mm-hmm. in paris it's like in the 60s and the way paris looks like the smog everything is just so special to watch but the way that the way mm-hmm. that people look and how we've changed over time it's so hard to replicate in movies but the in the opening scenes that are boring the way these people look like their faces, like the, the shape of their faces and their voices, they don't seem like they're from our time. It's such a... The texture even, the yeah. wrinkles. I know that's weird to say, but I was wondering why he, the cinematographer chose to go so sharp on the lenses because you take a movie like The Lighthouse, which they purposely went so old and crusty and dusty and musty. I think those are literally the words they used like to describe the what the look they were going for was dusty and musty, mm-hmm. which is yeah. hilarious. And like my honestly if I had like got this script, my intuition would be to do that if I was like, "Oh, I'm going to shoot this in black and white." I would think like dirty it up, soften it up because it'll fit that time more. And they just went they they used uh ultra ultra primes, I think, which are just known for their sharpness. And because of that, I think you could just see so much of the texture on people's faces. They and then they just cast the right people that it felt like you were in that time. Dude, the casting was unbelievable. Even just him, yeah. like his level of his level of good looking was perfectly cast for that era. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I I fucking hate when movies have like <laughs> way too hunky of characters for what it should be yeah but this is like he He was mysterious and he was good looking and he was manly but he wasn't too manly he like and she was you know like she looked like kind of like unpredictable especially for that time and Mm -hmm. oh oy 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 yeah i i think that the the choice of of casting and the acting was amazing but i oh, think yeah. the writing of it the writing of it was so chosen like it was just they they were very specific in what they allowed into the conversation and there's no fat it was like all the fat was trimmed i think that it really allowed for great scenes to happen because it all had to be about the look it all had to be about the engagement between the actors i think that it was probably a challenge for the actors but they really rose to it i think they did a really great job so i was just reading an article after it and they're talking about the cinematography and the style of this movie and it says palakowski said that its style came from a confidence that he has found through growing older and learning to ask as he told me what is necessary here that's just a cool i don't know i I've heard comments like that, like, oh, we didn't, we didn't want to, we want to trim the fat, do all this stuff. But it was a movie that felt like it was just, if we talk about the, Jason in every single podcast we've done, there's a reoccurring theme of gluttony or too much or too, you, it's a common thing that you have said. And, right. And I would say about this movie, yeah. it was, I think why we all are sitting 
in a very similar place was that it was not gluttonous in any way, I think. Like it truly was, even even the choice to use black and white didn't feel like a flex. Like it didn't feel like a, ooh, I'm like a trendy art, artistic yeah. guy. It just felt like, oh, that was, like you don't need color to tell the story. It's, it honestly, served the story. Yeah. yeah. It, it moved the story forward. It honestly, to, to me, and I love The Lighthouse, but I, I'm just bringing it up because it's a more recent black and white, like trying to do the same vibe. But everybody talks about the look. And, and I watched this film and I was like, they did it before. <laughs> they did it before The Lighthouse. Right. And yeah, maybe it's just the intentionality and like the perfection of how much it lines up with the story. And I think know? like that we don't, we aren't familiar with any of the faces. So you truly, this like this movie truly could have been made 30 years ago. It's it's crazy to watch yeah. because I don't know any of the yeah. people in it. So I, you could have told me this movie with like brackets, whatever, 1970. And I've been like, okay, that's what it is. And that is, whereas the lighthouse felt like, yeah, it feels super playing vintage where this doesn't feel like it was a movie being vintage or like trendy. It was just trying to tell the story. Yeah. I heard a, re- a quote recently too, just talking about in filmmaking in general, the more shots you have, the less each shot means. I was like thinking with this movie and in that ballroom scene with the big mirror is a very good example of this because that scene was two shots and it said so much, like so much happened in that scene. Victor was just lying, like leaning up against the wall, dead straight looking at Zula, but you didn't know until that first cutaway. And that was the end of the scene. Oh but man, I love then- that. It's like then your brain all of a sudden flips back to the, what happened in that last shot and you're still getting information then from that last shot. And it that whole scene, I think, was just two shots. It's just crazy. It's like psychologically using coverage like that. I've never thought about it that way. Like and we, like we've, it, the, t- the compositions were such that you needed time to... Your eye would dart around. Like in that mirror shot, if we're talking about that shot right yeah. now, I didn't... Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was looking at at first. And I think there's another movie that has a right. shot similar to this that I, it's, yeah. it's, it's in my head and I don't know what movie it is, but I love when, even like when the, the shots of the crowds and the people, like when they were just like perfectly layered people and perfectly placed or half their frame yeah. was cut off. It was like my eye had enough time to dart around and just like it drew me in. Cause I was looking at the different faces and the way they looked and then back at the composition and I don't know. I can't say enough well, good things about this. I, I honestly, in that scene, I didn't realize that their back was up against the mirror. Same. I thought that took the hall like continued. It it, it it took me a few moments to realize. Oh, it, like I, the who was it? Thomas came up to them to talk to them, and uh, and I was like, wait a minute, who's the guy that yeah. came behind them? Like I was. It took me a second right. to realize that they were up against a mirror, and then I'm like, I'm looking at a mirror. Oh my god! You know, I started freaking out. Because there was so much to look at. Your your eyes were kind of darting around at all this great stuff around you, yet still it wasn't distracting at all. Yes. And then when it wasn't perfect, it was unsettling. So like when they're in Yugoslavia and he comes back to see her, like before he gets put on a train back to France and she yeah. she's just off of center and he's perfectly centered. To me, I like I just immediately noticed like it was... Off. That was the other scene I was had in mind with the coverage thing too, because because they set the way they set it up, he was outside talking with uh, I can't remember the dude's name. Um, is it Thomas? Either way, he's like, "Do you want to come to our VIP box?" And he's like, "No, I have a really mm-hmm. good seat." Well, like it turns out, at the end of that whole sequence, you find out his seat was dead center in the auditorium on purpose because it was the the one seat 
she would see just she mm-hmm. she couldn't miss and then you see her dancing in that scene and she's and a little bit off yeah she's so but she, even her act like her performance so she's just so in the zone acting yeah you catch her notice him and react to it and it's just all in her face she's continuing to do the dance perfectly the routine but you just see it all over her face it just takes her out of her performance and she's all of a sudden like uh like struggle like struggling with a conflict of oh no victor's here oh I, that scene was mm-hmm. so good and then you get that another reaction of her after he's gone and it's just the empty chair oh yeah too much good stuff oh. here yeah let's shit on it for a little bit or something the last thing I, <laughs> yeah i mean okay well, that that thomas guy really sucked yeah he was a bad guy <laughs> he was so bad it was like he's, it was just he was just bad he was just a bad guy Okay, Jason. Jason, earlier in the podcast, you said that there was some problems, and I think that this is your uh, duty, as uh, your place in this threesome, <laughs> to uh, lead us into the <laughs> lead us into the problem land. Um. Okay. So I think that obviously, I think that they had like a super unhealthy relationship. Now, I kind of, if I feel really bad saying this, but Zula was like so unpredictable and that's what he was in love with but he kept leaving and 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 zula would not come with him and the the obsession of zula even though she wasn't like i felt like he was faithful to her the entire time kind of he had other lovers though but they didn't they didn't give them other lovers when she didn't show they didn't give the lovers the time of day right and plus it was like three years after two years after he had left uh poland to go to france he he had another lover but she she never showed up at the border crossing to meet him and so i was like what 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 was she thinking and then she shows back up again was she was she not able to come because of that the leader was kind of had pulled her in that was the tension feeling that i got is that she wanted to ambiguous, go yeah but she has some some sketchy past right so she tried like her abusive father and so she tried to kill him and then conned her way into this music troupe i was wondering if they mm-hmm. had caught on to her and that's why she couldn't leave because they had cause to arrest her or something i'm not sure my interpretation of that is that she later on she actually tells victor that she knew she couldn't escape with him i think she was noticing what like the higher-ups were saying to her and using that as an excuse to stay right yeah it felt it felt like she had made the decision not to go with victor yeah already but didn't tell him that you know and that's where this i felt like zula was not making decisions toward the health of like their relationship constantly she what she left paris again and he gave up his safety of citizenship to go back to poland only to be arrested for four more years he was supposed to be in with like a 15 year sentence and he was arrested uh and what he served like four years of that 15 year sentence but that's like the lengths that he was willing to go to love her and yet she kept wandering and, yeah. and so that's the only part like it's I it's not a bad part as far as the story element. I think the story's still told brilliantly. I'm just pissed off that that was the story. Jason, like, I'm right there with you. Yeah, that's the I'm, exact thing I'm hung up on. Like I loved the film, but today as I, I as I was writing about it and kind of digesting it more, I kept getting hung up on the the Paris part of their relationship and then why mm-hmm. she chose to go back to Poland and he chose to become a dick in that time. Because at the end of the movie, my first thought was, oh, they couldn't be together. And today, 
this morning, all morning, I was like, they couldn't be together. They couldn't be together. That's why they had to kill themselves. But then I kept thinking about Paris. and I was like, no, they could have just stayed in Paris. They had a good thing going mm -hmm. for them, but they went to shit and started their relationship was so unhealthy there that she just retreated to Poland. And so that's what I keep getting hung up on it. And I'm not sure what it is about that, but I guess she was kind of serving because she went to Paris and they were making her a jazz star, right? And there's the one scene yeah. where it's it's the listening party, like such a perfect doll, yeah. like the best dolly push in the whole movie where it's, she's alone. Everyone's kind yeah. of having a good time around her. She's super lonely. And then it goes on the slowly pans and it's him watching her. And then she throws a record in. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like she didn't want to be, I don't know, like a pawn in his career was kind of what that part felt like. Like he had kind of built something and was almost like entitled to like kind of like I made you, so now you have to like sing on this record, so then I can be whatever, I can be a successful artist. Yeah, it wasn't super obvious, but maybe, yeah, maybe he he was trying to serve two masters there with music and her, maybe, and that's kind of why he started to become a dick. Like he was trying to serve his music and kind of the the music producers or whoever that you know those people are around him, even like kind of using his his ex wife or ex lover, still in that in his career. And the conflict there, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because it kind of makes sense that he was at the beginning, his passion for music. He had they made him do it in honor of Stalin. They switch his Stalin, right? That's who the yeah yeah, yeah they made him mm -hmm. forsake all his artistic whatever he was up to and make propaganda music. So he peeled on that front and then wanted to bring her along on his kind of art journey, which is uh, which is uh, I think what was going on. But then she was kind of didn't have a place in both worlds. Like she was a pawn for Stalin and then she was a pawn for him is kind of the looking back on it, what I would say about the unhealth of their relationship and why she left. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, but he did slap her and it was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, why did you slap her, man? Like, where did that come from? You don't seem like an angry character. I don't know. That was a weird. No. Didn't she say that she had screwed the producer six times already? I'm not saying that there's any excuse for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's chill. <laughs> there is no excuse for violence. <laughs> I'm just going to let me throw that out there in this podcast. And Okay. Uh, that's not a problem with the movie, Jason, though. Like that's, that's a problem with like, you didn't like, like this, the heartbreakingness of the story. Right. That's, it's, it's not a problem. I, I guess my, the, the, it's not really a problem. It's a, it's, it's a story. I think my problem was I couldn't understand the, such the deep draw towards her as being kind of unfaithful time and time again to the extent that she or that he went back to Poland to get thrown in jail for another four years. Like he defected or he escaped. So for him to come back, there was bound to be consequences, you know? So I was just like, and now I, I get it. And I'm trying to, I guess the question for me has always been like, does she have that much pull? You know, did we have enough exposition to, to, to understand that pool? Like as a story element, you know, they really had a pretty bad time in Paris together. Really, would he be that in love that he'd throw everything away? So it was just one of those things that I, I think that's I've been scratching my head about. I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that it's it's bad. No, I'm, yeah, I I'm, gave the movie a four point five out of five. You know, yeah, I'm processing but it too right it's now. It's just one of those things, and I don't, and I honestly don't like the ending. Okay, before we get to the ending, okay, I think that him. His going back to Poland was a surrender of his musical career as well. I think she was always so intertwined in his success. So like she came along, he saw something in her, 
the the music troupe got very successful and then he went to paris she was involved in his success and then and when he surrendered it was kind of like a surrendering his because after they pull him out of jail to go back to the troop and, and that's when they decide that hey we're gonna kill ourselves right so it was i think the relationship was it was very because she was kind of his muse that's why it didn't work because he was obsessed with his own career and her fitting into his own career which is something that convicts mm-hmm. me yeah. massively as a filmmaker it's in my relationships in general i think that's it's like that kind of idea of there was years where i didn't want to be married because i was afraid that it would take me away from my dreams or my career and things like that yeah we've all been through that so i see myself in him a lot maybe that's what this movie was about maybe it was more about an artist struggling uh between his career and a relationship and i could totally see that now that you bring that up i think it, i'm i mean I don't, I don't know it seems that seems to make the most sense why they why they would use the same song at different points of of his career you know mm-hmm. leet motif is that what it's called they use the same sound bite for a bunch of different things. Did you go find it? Did you look for it so you could like play it over and over again? Yo, 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 yo. Oh, dude. Well, I mean, like there's the jazz version of it. There was the first girl in the village that sang it first and he took it. Mm-hmm. And there's the jazz version of it. And then there's the version, like the sad one in the nightclub that she sings when she visits Paris. And then there's like the official one, I think. What a, I don't, what a lovely way to tie times together. I don't know. To me, that's so brilliant to just like, I didn't even realize it was the same thing until the end of the movie. And I caught myself going, oh, yo, yo, or whatever it was, you know, I didn't really, I didn't, ca- I did not catch that through it, but it just like, that's because when you said it felt like memories, that's kind of like you are in on the joke, you know, the song, but you didn't right. know that you were in on the joke. I bet your wife D is like super excited about that. You're walking around the house going, yo, 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 yo. We both been doing it today. <laughs> she would not let him in. So I guess the unsatisfying part to me was it was like she wouldn't really give herself to him at the border crossing. And then she came to Paris and she wouldn't really give herself to him. And then he came back to Poland and she wouldn't really give herself to him. And okay, well, uh, just to keep accountable now that I'm with you, let's kill kill ourselves. <laughs> That's what it kind of felt like a little bit. Like, I know I know this isn't going to work out between us, and I I know I can't stay faithful. So I'll say I love you, and then we'll kill ourselves. Well, I think I think they were in then, such a place that for him to stay in the troop, she was married to the troop leader, whatever. His, I don't know what his position is, right? So there was no Thomas, there was no yeah. chance of them being together. He didn't want to keep making propaganda. Like they couldn't be together. Because his only choice was either go back to jail for 15 years or join the troop again. Like they did a favor for him pulling him out of jail. But that was just like, you don't have a choice. Like we like your talent. We're throwing you a bone. So there was no, there was no choice for them to be together at that point. Right? That's why they killed themselves. Well, yeah, that's what, that's what I think so too. But it was just a little bit weird because when she got off the stage from doing the set, the whole like Mexican jazz set, she was super drunk. She fell off the stage which seemed a little bit like an accident. I'm not sure if anyone else picked that up, but it, fe- it felt, felt like real. that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, it did. It felt, it felt like real. It was like real life. But anyways, <laughs> then she throws herself on Victor right in front of her husband and her son. And so I was like, wait, is is he cool with this? But there was like an element to it. It kind of makes sense a little bit because he probably knew how unpredictable she was, you know. Uh, but it seemed like he was almost kind of cool with the fact that they disappeared together in the bathroom for so long. Um, and that she like kind of threw herself at him because she was so drunk. 
and he didn't really bat an eyelid. That's what I felt with all the know? other lovers. It was almost like all the other lovers were participating in that that was true love and they were okay with it. Like his writer lover didn't give a shit really. Like it's almost like everyone, they played it as if everyone could see that they were truly in love. And maybe that's where that's where I feel a little bit of a disconnect. I, I don't understand the lover in Paris that he had who didn't care that he was out with, you know, quote unquote, the love of his life. Or Thomas, the husband of Zula, who didn't really care that she was kind of like falling all over Victor. Like it just, there was a little bit of a disconnect or maybe it's a little bit of a fantasy. Now, if this is like kind of the director talking about his parents, you know, maybe he's really telling the story element that nobody in the world mattered more than the two of them to each other. You know what I mean? So maybe it's a story element and it works, you know? Well, yeah, I think... I'm wondering if there was another way to end this movie and we can talk about that. And I'm also just realizing that it was about his parents. And by the time they got back together for the last time, they were so sick is what he said in the interview that I read that they were just sick. It was the end for them. So they basically wasted their whole life and then died together. So I think that kind of makes that informed that decision. But I still, without even knowing that that decision was a really like a, the last gut hit. It's like, what? It was like, it was just like, it, it felt so fast and quick. You're like, no, they're not doing this. And then it's like, should we cross over to the other side? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. it makes sense to me based on what his parents went through and the reflection of that. And I also like, if, what were our options to end this movie? It's a tragedy and that sucks. I think that there was some unsatisfying stuff in that, but at the end I'm okay that I'm unsatisfied because it was a part of their story and the story was just told so well. So I guess even the more that I talk about this, I, I'm not going to lower my score. Like, I really like where this movie sits. And I don't know why it affected me so much, but it did. Like, it just felt like it was really great storytelling. Well, I could see this affecting you, Jason, in a particular way or people that have lived on other sides of the world. There's something about stories where, like, whether it's immigration or things like that holding you from being with someone. Listen, I don't know if you were in love back. In, I yeah. don't know if you were in love back in Australia, but we can get into it right now. If you and in like an evil government, you know, looking over your shoulder. For everyone listening, Jason uh, is deported. The word? Uh, no, no, no. Well, no. Jason lived I in was... Australia for what? Twenty-five years. <laughs> yeah, I was. De- I, I was kind of deported. How many years? Twelve years, and then fifteen. You could, they wouldn't was, give you another I, visa. Fifteen years. Yeah, they t- basically they changed the laws in regard to my immigration application, and so all of a sudden. After I had like applied, um, the laws changed and I was no longer eligible. And so I went through like a process of appeals and ultimately it was kind of at the end of the visa journey for me, I was kicked out of the country. So because of how long I was in the appeal process, I got like a three year ban. So I can't even go back to Australia for three years, the place I called home for 15. So it definitely does hit on, on that level of... Like, I just, I even think back to that time during like that whole communist revolution, these people had no other options. And and that's one of the things I think that I, I struggled a little bit with that story element, that it was so easy for him to cross the border and kind of escape, because that was actually a really hard thing to do uh, when communist Russia kind of had their reach that was so far into Poland and and then even into Germany. So that was the idea of the that's that's pre-Berlin Wall, right? There was a side of Berlin that was communist, right? That so that that might I don't I don't know my history, but I was wondering if that's why it was easy at that time for him to cross, because that was before the wall. Oh probably 
probably I I actually wanted to go and, and look up the history of it before, but I I just didn't didn't end up having time. But but just not having those options and and even like artistically, he didn't want to be making just music for the sake of making music. He was trying to make art, you know. And instead, they're like, oh, you should have more nationalistic pieces in it. And the government kind of got their tentacles into even their show about about the history and the folk of Poland. Yeah, it's it's cool to parallel like their relationship against a a war or like a post-war setting, you know. I don't I'm not like a history buff and I don't know much about that period either or the time or the place, but I still followed along so well. Like I understood that I understood what was going on still just by it being in the background, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a cool way to tell a love story like it, we, we've talked about like movies like Call Me By Your Name before or um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Like the, these stories of of like relationships that just can't work. And I think, you know, this movie's in a similar way does that. But it's like literally because of, you know, everything that's going on in the background. I don't know. Yeah, it's, There's it's something so about that just did it in well, a different way. I love way. that it was it's they called it Cold War, you know, which yeah, is right. and it had they didn't explain the Cold War. It was. I just love the confidence in the audience to be like, "Listen, this is when it was set. This is when it was going on, and it's not about the Cold yeah. War at you all." Figure it out. Yeah, it's not about the Cold War, but it is about the Cold War, and it makes sense with like the connection to his parents' story that their whole tumultuous thing was start to finish the Cold War. They died before the Cold War wrapped up, but still, I thought it would. It's like I love like the idea of making a film set in a time where you don't feel the need to inform the audience about everything that was going on in that point of history you just set it in that time and i think with period pieces sometimes they can feel like they're trying to both educate you historically and pull you in emotionally whereas this movie was just hey listen there is a history to this if you want to know and understand it more you better go look it up because we're just telling you a story about love set in this time and that was that was brave i love it so much and i it made me want to go look like look up the cold war and research it too after because i thought i wonder if their relationship literally like represented the cold war you know, i'm wondering some way now, yeah. on some level gotta hit up gotta hit up, hit up wikipedia yeah what was mm. the what's the gist of the cold war is there something here to unpack yeah so during world war ii the united states and the soviet union fought together as allies against the axis powers however the relationship between the two nations was a tense one Americans had long been weary of Soviet communism and concerned about Russian leader Joseph Stalin's tyrannical rule of his own country. This is from the History Channel. (laughs) So for their part, the Soviets resented the Americans' decades-long refusal to treat the USSR as a legitimate part of the international community, as well as their delayed entry into World War II, which resulted in the deaths of tens of millions of Russians. After the war ended, these grievances ripened into an overwhelming sense of mutual distrust and enmity. Um, And so it kind of went all the way until 1991. And it was always this kind of like anti-American sentiment towards communist Russia and Russia's controlled provinces. Which is really, it's interesting to me that now the scene in the club when she's super drunk and they're playing, I don't know what the song is. It's like Johnny Be Good or it's some Mamas and the Papas. It's like a... But it's such an interesting thing that if there was this underlying resentment towards America to play such an American feeling song and her just be loose and just going and jiving with it and being so standing, like being so far from rigid standing on the bar. I like that. This is the most we've agreed on a movie to date for sure. 
What does that mean for our future? Um, many, many happy discussions. It means I'm going to pick a shit movie next week, all right? Well, you're you're going <laughs> to? We, we can't get too hopeful. But this is this movie is like, this discussion is like why I want to do this podcast. It's also like why I love filmmaking and why I do it. I love film. I, I love, love film. film. Yeah. Can, can we just talk about William's like awesome, slightly monotone voice? Do I have a monotone? It's it's weird. No, I've, you don't have a monotone voice. You just have I don't know how you have like the perfect NPR voice. Oh, let's just listen to this for a second. Yeah. Let's listen to this while I soothe you with my monotone voice. Yoy yoy yoy. I've always suppressed my emotions under my personality without knowing it. On the inside, I sound like this. Oh, hell yeah! But on the outside, I sound like this. Oh, hell yeah. There's so many things going on right now. Just, I just want to describe for our audience Caleb's face right now. His face is kind of like slightly, you know, like flirtatious and serious and so satisfied that the song is playing right now. Uh, it's, it's just kind of awkward to look at, but uh, also really intriguing. Very much like ASMR. <laughs> oh. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's, that's a pretty man. That's a pretty song. Okay, I think that's. I mean, should we move, should we carry on where we head next as a as a yeah? As a group? Where are we heading? Like, what? Yeah, just like, did we figure out what this movie was trying to say? And like, because I came out of it great level kill you. <laughs> yeah, I came out of it leaning like towards this like impossible love is impossible to have. Like the cost of of that of love in that relationship and choosing that was literally death but like i said then i kind of got hung up on the whole well they could have had that in paris kind of but i don't know what was it trying to say i think they could have had it in paris but he blew it and it was only till he could he sacrifice yeah. his you know his career she wasn't an instrument she wanted she I, wanted I all of him i don't agree Ooh. i mean he definitely did blow it cuz violence is never acceptable but before that but she kind of asked she, for is that what you're trying to say jason <laughs> no, no. Uh. <laughs> no not at all i'm just saying like she started casting like relational seeds of doubt like right away when she got to paris she was like i don't like paris my life is better in poland and he's like well what the hell did you come here for you know it was just a little bit weird because i think that there was definitely stuff and then she was sleeping with his producer and all that kind of craziness however once again, I am not condoning the violence that happened. Well, I just think it was like maybe it was a, it is a surf. It was like a well done love story. I think a tragedy love story. I think that is ultimately the, it was a story of people wanting to be together, but not but their humanness and and the world at that time getting in the way. Honestly, from the beginning, like there is something off. Or th there's one of the earlier scenes where they're kind of in a field, like laying next to each other, and then she reveals that she's been an informant on him. Right there, it that's actually kind of a weird scene that sticks out to me because 
they have this it was a beautiful bigger, scene but yeah 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 it reveals so much about her personality too because she is so fierce in the way like he's like i'm gonna leave and he starts to walk away but she like takes control by she gets up i forget what exactly she says but she says something to take that control back and turns around and just runs and jumps into the water like she is in control in the end yeah right after that it shows her floating in the water singing and then it just does a hard cut to them sitting around a fire and that's it talk about lack of exposition you just gotta kind of like piece together Mm -hmm. what took place in that i think that was kind of the first time i was like "Ooh, something's off here like in their relationship yeah they almost skipped the falling in love part because that's not relevant to their characters and just skip to the dysfunction really quick, which is interesting. Yeah, but what's weird is at the same time, you understand that they have this weird, they both feel like they have this like eternal bond to each other, you know? They like both. They're so and and she even so drawn to each other. Yeah, like the scene of them laying, they're laying there so content and then it just escalates into a fight so quickly and then escalates into her throwing herself into the water. It's like that is... That's their relationship. And later on, I think it's the first like time jump we get and she kind of comes back and it's revealed that she's married and she says, I did it for us. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, like they're literally so obsessed with each other. That's why I kind of termed it like they felt like this eternal bond. And then to get married and kill yourself is the ultimate symbol of an eternal bond. Exactly. Their, their belief in the other side. Yeah, which she does believe in God. She made it. She made a point to say it. That's true. Hey. What did he say back to that? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Interesting. There's something about contrast in this movie that I, I'm kind of, and it might be like my, my takeaway, but I went back and started to kind of skim through some of the earlier scenes and just the way they made them seem so youthful and, and light and innocent, both of them, like both Victor and Zula, just, they were like clean even. And that last shot of them on the bench, they were wrecked. Like oh, they were yeah. both so... yeah. Uh, defeated and just life had you know what I mean he's just out of prison she's she's got the dark hair she just like doesn't look like Mm -hmm. her anymore there's something there in storytelling where using like contrasts in that way is so effective to really just drive in the story all that bench shot is so perfect (laughs) Mm -hmm. just the way the sky feels and everything about it you can feel it you can feel what it feels like to be on that bench feeling the wind I'm I'm kind of glad that they walked off screen instead of I was like expecting one of them to like fall over or something, you know, but yeah, that was a good alley. Yeah. They made that choice. Like let's, yeah, that's a great shot. That, that literally framed that and that'd be really depressing. <laughs> Caleb just showed a shot of the two of them sitting there. The you know, the, the, there's a YouTube channel called every frame of painting. It's crazy when a movie literally is every frame. Like you can, you know when you're trying to get inspiration for a project or a brief or a treatment or something and you're going through movies and trying to screenshot it and it's so hard to like where was that moment that was so good this movie you could close your eyes spin around your chair hit spacebar at any time and it would just be a great mm-hmm. reference image it was very much along the lines of like compositions from like the best of the best from that time era right like right. you look at those old black and white four by three films and they they were very much composed in that way with that same type of depth and almost like painting compositions, you know. It's very true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they were ever done with that much contrast. Like this right. This did feel very different. It was so clear and it was so mm-hmm. contrasty because like everything, this is like true black and white, whereas 
everything else is kind of like definitely on that gray scale. Um, but I, I kind of like it. It's just a refreshed version of the old black and white and it worked. Okay. Well, I, do you guys feel, uh, quenched? Do you have anything else left to say about this film? No, I, I'm, I'm happy with the movie and I'm happy that we kind of all agree with it. And I, f- I feel really energized after watching this movie, which is funny. Cause I started watching it at like one o'clock in the morning. Wow. I was fully engaged. Yeah. I was fully engaged the whole time. It's, it kind of goes to show that I think in some previous episodes, I felt a little misunderstood, like the classic, oh, you just like, oh, there's a line of filmmakers where, well, you're just going to like those movies and you're just going to like those movies. And we're not going to see eye to eye. I think it's really encouraging to me when a film comes along that truly bridges different aesthetic leanings or different like how we generally go into a movie, the square, and I'm way more easy on it. I kind of enjoy it. And you guys are like, dude, f- like this movie is irritating it's annoying it's something just to be said when it's something that we can all just agree on yeah. it's super cool i mean it's yeah. like oh, that's definitely. what that's kind of what like you're finally... heading heading for it's it's not just cool it's not just romantic it's just i don't know is that what cinema is i don't know it just feels so done right it's a, yeah it's something that kind of brings people together and it's definitely one of those things where i think that this movie kind of brought uh you into line from your like and way out there on the yeah, edge. Yeah, and like you, so. like with your, I don't know, like your kitschy, cliche <laughs> meanings. Hey, and I got to say with me, because I'm so positive and, and this was a tragedy and whenever I, I love tragedies, I'm, I'm like shocked. I'm like, I shouldn't like this so much. Okay, don't you feel when watching this, Will, Liam, back to our conversation last week, no, two weeks ago with Mother, that this movie is more timeless do you think that this movie will age better than mother hmm. it's an interesting question because in a way this movie felt like it had been made at the time <laughs> and i, I was know. watching something that was already timeless well, well okay i'll just say this what you were just saying about kind of hitting on how wow it's refreshing that we all love this so much i i kind of was reminded how art can be so universal, but it can be so particular too. And that's why you love The Square and we didn't, and I loved Mother and you guys didn't. And now all of a sudden this one movie has something that we're all just so into. And Mm -hmm. there's something universal about this movie that wasn't universal about Mother. So yeah, I guess just processing that real quick, I would say this movie should be more timeless than Mother because (laughs) there's a reason why the three of us with all our diverse backgrounds in film and where we come from are so on board with it and especially it being a film that should be so unrelatable from poland you know from a culture that we know nothing or i know nothing about i guess this is this movie is so exciting because it paints a picture of what the ultimate goal is of filmmaking to me exactly yeah me too honestly it's just it's just to make something that like no, it's not making it's not asking everyone's opinion and then making what everyone kind of says they want do you know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't like a classic, like based on all the best rated films of the past 20 years, I'm going to do this. And that's why everyone's going to like it. It was very bold and very yeah. its own thing. But as a result, everyone, I don't know if everyone would like this movie, but with us, right. it went from just being something cool or something too personal to being something universal, not genre tied or not, I don't know, aesthetically tied to any type of person. It's like it brought peace in the cold war. Holy <laughs> I just love that cinema can transcend all that. I call it, I, I want to call it magic because it feels like magic to me. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
movies like this remind me of that? Well, I think maybe quickly. I mean, I think I'm what I said four going in. I'm for sure at a four and yeah. a half. I want part of me wants to give this a five. Okay, my rating going in was four, and my rating going out is four and a half. Jason? My rating going in was four and a half, and my rating at the end is four and a half still. William? Going in, I was at a four. I'm going to go, I'm going to lock it in on Letterboxd at a five. Wow. Holy shit, you're brave. I might do the same. Because I thrive off the experience. I love just finding reasons to just love life in like the experiences of a day-to-day good and bad experiences i love experiences that seem to transcend like everything i know and i feel like the experience of watching this film late last night digesting it all this morning and and writing an essay on it and then having this conversations with you guys is just it's amazing it just re- reminds me how good life is and so I just gotta. I, I love you guys. I gotta give it a five stars, guys. I love, I love you guys. Five stars and a like on Letterboxd. This movie reminded me that I love you guys. <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry if that was too out there, but no, I loved it, man. How I feel, I'm being honest. I think there's a posturing that sometimes we bring into that sometimes I bring into life where it's just critiquing for the sake of critiquing or not giving something the credits due because there's some safety in being the critical one. I found safety in that in my life. And I think what you're saying is absolutely true. Some, there comes a point where you just got to say, you know what? I love enjoying things and I love giving things a five. And that's good. Let's just do it and see Why what not, happens. Why not, man? Just go five. Just go and five. And in, in a year when I've watched this movie 20 more times, you know, maybe I'll change my rating again. <laughs> when you've watched Mother another five times. <laughs> Even listening back to that episode, I was like, he's already watched it three times. And he's well, okay, he says, wait, you know, what I was thinking he's going to watch it three more times. I couldn't, I cannot believe that. Guys, I just... I'm gonna. I would like to just jump in here and say that this movie discussion was about Cold War. Okay, you can uh, take your fight elsewhere. No, no, but this fight is filmmaking. All right, and this is film discussion by filmmakers. All right, this is the th- this is three podcast. What is uh, who's up next? Who's picking the movie next? I think it's time to. Yeah. All right. Well, I am. I'm picking the movie for next week. So, um. I'm going to go with a movie called The Night of the Hunter. It's a 1955 film noir directed by Charles Lafton. Yep, that's the movie I'm going with. The, sorry, say it again. The ni- a noir film. I'm, I like that. I'm the so Night hyped on noir Hunter. right now. Good. This movie's like been on multiple watch lists of mine, and for some reason I've just never watched it, and you guys kind of were bringing it up about watching something a little bit more classic, and I... This was the first movie I thought of, so it's like, let's just go with it. The Night of the Hunter. That's so crazy. 1955. 1955. Oh, a good, awesome fact about this, too. I don't know much about it, but on IMDb, I'm looking right now. Lillian Gish is in this, which she's like one of the OG actresses ever. D.W. Griffith, Griffith was like one of the first like feature filmmakers, right? If you know your film history. She was one of the actresses he used in his films. But hmm. she's her her nickname is the first lady of American cinema. So there's a little bit of history for you guys. The first That's awesome. I'm excited, I'm excited to watch it. Great choice, I think. Excited to talk about it with you guys, though, next week on Next Week on Three. The podcast. This has been We are going to be watching a film 
by Charles Lapton and starring Lillian Gish, the legend, called The Night of the Hunter, colon, 1955. This has been another episode. Another episode of three. three the podcast. Be good out Two there. Sweet guys. Watch movies and love life and love film. Thanks for joining us on Three the Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and join us next week for another film discussion hosted by Jason Solari, William Somero, and Caleb Ford.